Hello everyone. Today I am here with Aaron Ratwani Morelli. <laughs> Aaron, how are you? Good mate. Good to be here. Thank you. Uh, so for those that don't know, Ratwani, uh, Ariel, was it? Ratwani comes from Ariel Helwani, which is the number one UFC journalist. And he's the first person to get all the news out onto the UFC about fights. And basically Aaron has like a full feed of ongoing live MMA updates that get sent to his phone, like notifications. And he posts them in a, in a group that some of the guys in the gym are in. And we basically called him Ariel Helwani of, of higher jujitsu. And then he became Ratwani. As yeah. Well. I think I've, unfortunately most of the news I post is bad news. <laughs> yeah, it's never <laughs> pulling out of fights. So, uh, pulling out of fights. Or but that's way. MMA. So most yeah. of it is that. Um, so, Anyhow, now that we've got that out of the way, I had to throw some shade at you before we got going. Oh, that's all right. Um, so today we're going to talk about, in general, uh, Aaron's you know, introduction to martial arts, which is through his father who trained um, and, and coached as well. So we'll go into that. We're going to talk about how Aaron had a, had a pretty successful career with swimming um, and then lead into basically how he got involved with jiu-jitsu, how we found our gym, his experiences um, with training in general, competing, and just uh, jiu-jitsu and life in general, I guess. So from the outset, um, what was your very first introduction to martial arts? Like, where did it start? Well, so my dad started the school probably two months before I was born. Mm-hmm. So pretty much at what school? So tell me about. So tell me, all right. So how did he tell me more? Tell me before your introduction. Tell me your dad's. Give us a little snapshot of your dad's career and then how that became your introduction. Okay, so yeah, my dad pretty much did kung fu ever since he was young as well. I think he found the school when he was probably ten. Yeah, or whatever. So he was doing that probably just full on as um, a proper person competing in jujitsu. Does like a serious jujitsu competitor. He wasn't competing, but he was sparring, doing all that stuff, kung fu. So then he pretty much kept doing that, kept doing that, and he got to a level now. He's a uh, in kung fu, just gold sash belt, mm-hmm. which is pretty. How many years of training is that? Uh, well, he's probably got. 50, he's fifty-three. He's been doing ten so for for forty-three years worth of training. So it's like a coral belt. Almost. Yes. So he's got a, a a lot of training, and he's so he started a school. About two months before I was born, so ever since then, I've been doing it. But his school's similar to John and mm. Pedro Associations, heavily involved around self-defense. Yeah. So pretty much all of it's self-defense. It's got some some of the art. Yeah. To kung fu, which I think these days a lot of people look at the art side and you know, that's not going to help you. But yeah. there's a lot of the mainly it's based around defending yourself situations, bear hugs. Yeah. You know, people on the street swinging arms, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So that's what he sort of fell in love with, and he created a school. Um, it went pretty crazy. He had a fair few students, kids' classes, adults' classes. You're talking, you know, I think over his time, he's well over two, 3,000 students. Really? All up, his how, coach. How many at, his, at the peak of his um, uh, school, how many people would you say he had? Couldn't get you the exact number, but I'd probably say he probably had about at least a Anywhere between 50 to 100 kids. Yeah. And wow. then he had an adults class that was pretty substantial as well. And you're talking, you know, three, four. He's probably doing four 
four nights a week, yeah. plus a Saturday class, and then they used to do beach sessions, and yeah, there's a lot of students. You need they needed, and there was a large range of belts as well. Yeah, you know your newbies, and then you had your um, white, but ah, oh, your brown belts, your black belts, that yeah. sort of stuff as well. So he had a lot of instructors, people helping out. So yeah, so he he ran a school and understand he worked he was working full time yes so the school was run at night so okay yeah. so he worked and so he would basically work his full time job in his prof, in the professional um, industry yep. so like white collar position yep and um so he was teaching jujitsu uh, sorry teaching coming through himself in his school and he did he you said he had his own instructors within his school yeah so they were more i think he made teaching and giving back as part of his way to you know you want to move up belts yeah, you know, you got to give back. Oh yeah. So I think it was more of a similar opportunity to what you had early in the year when John went away. Yeah. You know, you were helping out. Yeah. Within the school, similar sort of setup where it was their opportunity to give it gives back and you know uh, you learn a lot while you teach as well. Of so, course, yeah. Yeah. It's a great way to it's a great way to consolidate learning is to teach. Yes, exactly. So I think that was his. And in in the podcast I did with Emma, I don't know if you've got you said you're halfway through that episode. Yeah, just started. Um, Leon says something along the lines of um, when one when one person teaches, two people learn. Yeah, which I think is a really like eye opening thing to say. Yeah, I think that, I that's agree. good. And I and that, when he said that, that's exactly how I felt about teaching when I was doing it. Well, when I when I went from uh, you know, swimming mm-hmm. teaching to coaching swimming, like there was just like. So much of I wish I knew that when I was when you were when I was your age. You know, you're teaching kids that are like ten. Like, I was your age. Like I wish I could switch positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just knowing like, listen you know to myself, and then like jump back and jump, and jump and jump back each way, just I, so I could take my own, you know, knowledge now and pass it back to ten year old. I, I I very much feel that way about school. Like I wish I know. I wish I knew what I know now. Yeah, I would have. I would have. You know, things would have been different. I would have done much better. Yeah, uh, not that I did poorly, but it, you know, it would have been different. Um, so, so your dad. So that was sort of his career with martial arts, like through kung fu, and then you were born, right? Yep. And and at what age did you get involved with that? I would say I can't put finger on the exact age, but it's probably. Like a walk almost. I was probably involved somewhat, and yeah. then I, I remember probably around six, I'd say, I was in there, you know, doing the classes. Yeah, and we'll, doing the, we'll talk about swimming as well. But so did so martial arts came before swimming. Yes, happen? swimming sort of evolved from learn to swim, and my sister was doing it, and then that's how that evolved. Oh right, okay, okay, so, yeah. Um, and so with your kung fu, tell me a little bit about that. Um separately and then we'll go into the swimming side of things as well but with Kung Fu you were learning from a young age and was it just a um, just learning or were you also competing like what sort of no so as I said like dad's school was it wasn't so much of a, a competing sort of environment it was a it, there was no not much too much sparring it wasn't about preparing you for a fight he didn't yeah. want to be he wasn't preparing people for the UFC yeah. He's not a fan of the UFC in general, like in, yeah. in general or like organized fighting. His whole idea is teach you how to defend yourself because yeah. basically anyone in the gym who wants to be able to walk outside, walk down the street knowing I can walk down here because I can defend myself and have that confidence yeah. in themselves. And that's where 
So all his training is around defending yourself. Yeah, which is exactly what John does without gym. Yes, and that's why I like high jiu-jitsu so much. Is yeah. Because everything, it's not just about, you know, competing. Because when you when you compete or you fight someone in a fight, mm-hmm. there's a agreed-upon rule set. Yeah. Right? Whereas when you're in the street, there's so much that can happen. Yeah. Like, you can get hit from behind in the street. Someone will bite, someone can bite your ear off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you know... Um, you know, an organized fight, there's there's the knowledge that if we're in a cage fight, probably not going to have someone run from behind and smash me with an elbow. Yeah. But so he's more, he's really interested in teaching people how to defend themselves in that scenario. Yeah. And at the same time, um, get fit. So his whole motto is um, get fit and learn how to defend yourself. Yeah. Because he thinks they, they go hand in hand. You know, That's the having same. a solid base of fitness. That's the same thing with like so many people do um, like g- the gym and they lift weights and people think about, oh, I'm a little bit overweight. I need to like trim down. So they join a gym and it's hard to stay committed to that when you're going there on your own and you don't know anyone in the gym and you're just trying to like lift weights and run on a treadmill or whatever. Yeah. It is so hard to be motivated in that situation. Like I grew up playing cricket and footy. And cricket's not so much like getting fit. It's like, you know, it's a little bit less, it's a bit lazier, but footy is very much about like you have to be fit to play footy. And so you, you're, you know, you're playing team sports, you're a part of a community, you're running and you're, so you're doing a lot of fitness, but it's sort of a byproduct of the sport that you're playing. Yeah. Which is why I've played a lifetime of AFL and never, which kept me extremely fit, but I never really felt like I was working out. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. is probably what you were getting out of Kung Fu. Yeah, and that's what I think, you know, if you're going to, to me, getting, you should enjoy getting fit yeah. and do it. I think if you do it, if you, I see people on the treadmill and they look miserable. Yeah, man, it's the and worst like, there's so many, There's so many, you know, better ways to get fit. It's like running on, I I, I hate treadmills. I yeah. can't stand it. Like I just run outside. Yeah. You know, so yeah, you got you got to be doing something to keep yourself you know, mentally stimulated yeah. and, and get fit. And I think martial arts, to me, is probably one of the best because it's just such it's such a self-investment. Like, yeah. you get so much out of it. You, you, that, that, that little motto, get fit and you learn how to defend yourself. Yeah, it's as much as it's the one fitness, time. it's self-development. You're actually working on something interesting, you know, not get, being able to defend yourself and byproduct is you're getting fit. Like, you, you just, you know. Can't lose, win-win. You can't lose. Yeah. You got, it's all in the one class. It's not like I need to do my gym here and my uh, self-defense here. I'm getting it. You're getting both in the one room. One. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, okay, that's, so that's an interesting introduction to the, your Kung Fu experience. So let me, let me ask, how old were you when you stopped actively training with your dad? Uh, you still I still am now. Okay. Um, as I said, so, 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 sort of as he got older more kids and he's got obviously he's got quite a he's got an executive position yeah so it's a high stress job the school isn't as big as it was before it just runs an adult class two nights a week now and it's just just there's still a fair few people there and yeah it's just his way of staying involved in Kung Fu staying involved and still like if the school grew again Mm -hmm. I'm I'm 100% sure he would let it build and keep going but he uh, he doesn't really advertise it as much as he used to before because yeah, as executive role. He's got enough going on in his actual job. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. 
so so swimming how did that come involved so swimming uh yeah so pretty much like everyone mm. did learn to swim and then i moved into what's known as squad you've probably heard it so it's where it's more of a becomes more of a training environment mm-hmm. you're now swimming to swim like compete and i probably from probably eight i was probably doing that mm-hmm. and i've just progressed through the squads and at about i'd say 11 or 11 or 12 i probably realized like i was doing it and i was decent at it like i was at state and all that mm-hmm. and i was you know i was kind of like 20 20th 22nd and my sister was doing it and then it was just like a certain point where i just thought why don't I just like do this seriously? Mm. And then yeah, just locked in on it and just progressed from there. So that's where I started. And so how? Let me t- ask. Tell me a little bit about your like routine swimming, because okay. I know I know swimmers and it's it can be pretty full on. So swimming, I always say this to people, and I say this to my brother, like because he's started now. Mm. Swimming is not a sport you can half commit to. Yeah. Because. Think of any other sport. So swimming has an element that is, it's in water, right? Yeah. You can't like, you say you missed a swimming session, you did a run. It that means nothing. Yeah. So like, it's all about the training. So you're training twelve to thirteen times a week. Yeah. And you're racking up like, you know, eighty k's a week. Eighty k's in the water. Yes, you can rack up 50 like. Meter pool. Depends on what sort of swimming. It depends what sort of swimmer you are. But like, if you're doing endurance training, which is what uh, majority of the training I was doing. Yeah. You're looking at, you know, Monday morning, Monday night, Tuesday morning, Tuesday night. Yeah, just... Building lung capacity. Every single day you're training and you're doing three hours. You're doing probably four four and a half hours training a day almost. Then you add in, you know, with that, your gym training and all that. Like swimming is a... It's a a ruthless sort of sport to train for. Mm. And it's not... It's not as glory, like there's not much glory compared to other sports. Like when you play soccer and you score an awesome goal, it's yeah. like, you know, you run away and you celebrate whatever. Swimming is like you dive in and there's a black line and you swim up and down. Yeah. So it's just like you have to love it. Yeah. And I'll always say like I think this is what helps me with jiu-jitsu in the mm. tough roles and mm. in the comp, like in the competition. Like it was like I enjoyed it. Because, like, I like the competition and, like, I've never done training as hard as swimming. Swimming yeah. is, like, swimming is a tough thing to train for. So, any other training I do now, it's just, like... You think about swimming on, like, an Olympic level. Even the successful swimmers. I mean, there's some people, like, let's say Ian Thorpe and Grant Hackett, like, the Australians, where they're known by everyone because they're hugely successful and they have massive, like, sponsorship deals and they earn a lot of yeah. money. But there are so many swimmers that even get to an Olympic level and aren't very well known and it's like you're talking about three to four hours a day of practice six days a week right yeah. they're doing that for four years in between well, i mean a life a lifetime just to get into one set of olympics yeah and they may never make it but but those that do let's say that they do let's say they make it into two olympics they do a lifetime of training they make it to the olympics and then they're like in the public for like two weeks and then everyone kind of forgets about them for four years before the next set yeah. of Olympics. And during that time, they're training three, four hours a day, six days a week. And then you see them again for two weeks. That's yeah. it. And that, that's the thing with swimming. So there's not much, yeah, it's, it's, it's not much money in it. You're not getting seen as much. And mm. there's so much training involved. And like, if you, if you look at it, 
in total. I, I was a good swimmer and, and I went to nationals and did all that sort of stuff. And I'm a good swimmer. Like to be, and what I'm saying by that is a great swimmer is the ones that make the team and all that. But there's only two spots. So in a particular race, I did 400 freestyle, right? 400 meter freestyle. Yes. That was your, that was your, yes. so, just that. Yeah. Well, I did other races, but that was my number one yeah. thing. There's two swimmers that make the Olympics or make the Commonwealth Games team out of the whole country. Yeah. So think of Australia. We're a swimming country. There are so many swimmers and there's two. Yeah. Go. So that's that's where it, you know it's cutthroat. So it's 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 not like football or AFL where there's 17 spots on a team reserves or that. Like it's there's two. Yeah. And that's another thing. It just makes it like that, that that much harder. To, that much to, harder. Yeah. So and that's why the tra- that's why I think the training is so hard these days because there's that knowledge. It's two spots. Yeah. Like it's just. If you miss a session or you're not doing the right training, the other that's the difference. It. And it's time, man. Like, like Michael Phelps has won races uh, by like that much, but nothing tiny, zero point one tenth of a second, whatever. <clears throat> and that's probably because he did extra training. Yeah. I mean, you can't prove that, but it, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day and the experience. And that so, that difference, but that you know, that point one of a second win in the Olympic final to get that gold medal. The difference between him getting gold and someone else getting silver is like history forever. Exactly, and that's like forever. No one like can can you tell me who came second? No, no, exactly. No. <laughs> Although I tell you, there's one there's one scenario where I know who come first, second, and third, <laughs> and it's I'll give it to you. Um, it's the 1930s Melbourne Cup. Do you know who won that? No. Who would you guess won the 1930 Melbourne Cup? I have no idea. But usually you ask that, you ask that question, Farlap comes up. Okay. Everyone I don't know about a horse race. Oh, okay. <laughs> Every, everyone knows Farlap. Yeah, I know right? Farlap. And if you said 1930s Melbourne Cup, who won? Most people would just assume Farlap. And then yeah. you say, well, who came second and who came third? People don't know. The horse that came second was called Second Wind. Yeah. And the horse that came third was called Shadow King. <sighs> and the only reason I know that is because my pop in uh, – in every house they've owned and throughout me growing up, he's always built and had his own bar. And in that bar, he's got this framed photo of Farlap hitting the, hitting the finishing line in the 1930 Melbourne Cup. Yeah. And and it's got the results for first, second, and third. And the horses that came, so the hook, yeah. And the horses that came second and third are like, you know, four or five lengths, maybe even seven or eight lengths off of Farlap. Yeah. But their name is in that photo. And I like, and I've seen that photo so many times. I just know them. Yeah. But, but, but in any other circumstance, if you ask me who came second, I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that's the thing, man. Like, picture training that hard. Like, like, I suppose to wrap it up for you, if you want to get an idea of how hard swimming training is, because and I'm not trying to make it bigger than it is, but it, it's a lot of work if you're mm. training at a high level. Like, with jujitsu, imagine mm. coming in 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. or waking up 4 a.m. starting at 5. Do a warm up, like John's warm up, yeah. warm up, and then straight into rolling. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, you know the competition that I did? Mm. 400 freestyle was harder than that. Oh, of course. Like, it it, it's just hard. Like, it's it's a, it's a very challenging thing to train and compete in. So, like, just imagine doing jujitsu Monday morning, Monday night, Tuesday morning, couple in your weight sessions. Yeah. And for me, coupling going to school, mm-hmm. doing your HSC, all that. Yeah, and then you sort of get an idea of 
how hard it is. So I like, I respect anyone that does any sort of professional sport training. Of course. Now, but you've been able to build like a, a routine and a life around that. Yeah. Right. And I, and I'm sure that 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 routine that was so hard to commit to has is still something that has made like life easier now. Yeah, I'm. I'm very disciplined in terms of because of that exactly. in everyday life, like when it comes to work or whatever. Like it's just everything's just built in now. Mm. Like with the attitude, just get it done, sort of thing. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I'll ask you. Um, I'll, I'll ask you about how you got into jujitsu in a little bit. But if we can fast forward to today, mm-hmm. without referencing like you know your jujitsu experience, just give us because I know you you train a lot like between Kung Fu, Jiu Jitsu, gym, swimming, just give us a little snapshot of your weekly workout routine just okay. so everyone can understand because I'm training like three, four days a week in Jiu Jitsu and like that's it. Yeah. So <laughs> the nature of working full-time, it goes week to week, but my goal is, um, and it's changed a lot moving to the city mm-hmm. because, you know, moving between gyms, but my goal is, especially in summer, Monday I usually just go straight to work or try and do gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely at lunch, I'll do gym or a run. Mm-hmm. And then I'll come to jiu-jitsu at night and I'll do the, the full class. I'll yeah. try and get there early and roll if I can. Yeah. Yeah. And then a Tuesday morning will be jiu-jitsu. And then Tuesday night, I've been doing Noztag or yeah. I've been playing netball for some reason. Because <laughs> my, uh, my, my, my missus plays in a mixed team, so I join the team as well. <laughs> I joined one mixed netball team about... Six years ago when I was chasing after a girl. Because <laughs> she asked me and I was like, yeah, I'll play. But really, I didn't care. I just wanted to chase after her. It's a, it, that was an interesting sport. Like, not being able to run with the ball, it just takes away my, like, for me, I use athleticism as my advantage in anything I do. Yeah. And, and it just, it nullifies a lot of that. So I enjoy it because it's a challenge. Yeah. So that, that's, sorry, that's Wednesday night? And now Wednesday, I usually, I'll do gym, run, whatever. Yeah. And then I'll do, um... Jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Thursday morning, jiu-jitsu. Thursday night, kung fu. Friday morning, same. Gym or a run. Same with lunch. And then Friday night, usually, will just be go out, whatever. Saturday, I'll do a run, whatever. Sunday, same. And then, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm always doing something. Like, exercise, to me, you know how people have PlayStation TV? Yeah. I have exercise. Yeah. Like, I'm always wanting to be doing something. Yeah. And if I'm not, then... How, how much swimming are you still doing? Uh... Swimming dropped off a little bit because I'd done it for so long in my life. I want to do other things now. Yeah. Which, without going into it, that's why I started jujitsu. Yeah. Or jujitsu was always something I was looking at. Yeah. Or any sort of martial arts. And uh, so, yeah, I, I swim, I'd probably say, well, now my goal is in summer um, is to be doing once or twice a week, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and just a lighter session just to enjoy the yeah. pool. See, the other thing is in winter, there's. Um, I have been doing it like once a week at my gym, whatever, but I, I really, really like the outdoor pool, mm-hmm. swimming fresh air. Oh, like what, Bondi pool or something? Yeah, like that, but even down at the domain. Yeah. Boy Charlton pool, oh, like, that's yeah. where I'll be going on my um my breaks and stuff. I'll probably just run down there, swim, run back. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so definitely. Dome, domains, sorry, domains across from um, the cathedral, right? Yeah. That's, so, that's not really outdoor, is it? No, that's that's the in, that's that's an indoor pool, the one near the cathedral. Yeah. But if you're at the cathedral, yeah. If you walk through the park, 
and you just keep walking up along the. Uh, oh yeah, I know the one you're talking about. It's actually not very. Across from where the navy ships are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. yeah. so I'll I'll run down there. And Brendan used to go there a bit in summer. He would hang around there. I think he said it was like two dollar entry or something. That's not that anymore. It's like six bucks, but. Oh, that's still not that expensive, man. No, it's impressive for the city. Yeah. Um, but it feels it feels weird for me. Um, like I worked at a pool. Mm. like lifeguarding and stuff so I wasn't really paying to swim because I'd swim and work. lived in the water <laughs> yeah so it's weird like all out of all they're like six dollars you, like, you, so, you had to pay rent <laughs> it's, it's, it's so bizarre like but yeah so in terms of swimming I, I did drop it off a little bit mm. because it, it's so natural for me like I have to swim a long way to make it a workout do yeah. you know what I mean whereas there's other things like other sports you can like jiu-jitsu sweat or other really things easier. or running like running for example like I've run done runs like long runs like 30k yeah. 35k and I didn't get there because I'm a good runner it's just because I have the mentality to keep going yeah and a good lung capacity from swimming yeah the lung capacity they have that base uh, I was talking to someone at work about it, that base fitness level yeah so like swimming, if I if I swim, it's not it's not as much of a challenge. Yeah, and I, I'm always looking for like some sort of a challenge to do. I'm I'm a little bit the same with um with uh, I mean I can't run so much anymore, but I have troubles because my ankle when I broke it, it was a really bad break, and now it's like it's running is uncomfortable, which is hard because when I first moved to Sydney, if I'd been if I did not have an ankle injury, I would have been running all the time. Yeah, playing AFL probably, <clears throat> but that base fitness. I built throughout years of playing AFL a very good base fitness. So even when I was, you know, in off season and not really keep focused very much on keeping fit, my fit, my base fitness level was still really good. Mm-hmm. Which meant when I started running or actively come back into preseason footy, I would I would get it would kind of feel like I needed two or three really hard runs in the preseason footy to just to blow the cobwebs out yeah. of my lungs, and then my fitness would shoot through the roof in like weeks. Yeah, it wasn't like it was a you know months to get back. It would be weeks. Yeah, but that's there's also that difference. Like there's a difference between like the, the training I do now. Mm. If I went back to swimming training, like to me, there's a difference between like what you're saying there when you went back to footy. You can train in the off season, mm. but when you go back, oh to yeah, actual training, it's like, hard work. And don't everyone's around. It's like. It's go time. And, oh, don't get me wrong. And that pre-season, level... Pre-season, pre-season footy, in the first, like, two or three weeks, I would throw up at least once or twice a week in a session. Like, yeah, I'd run and, uh, to the point where I'd vomit. Yeah, and that's that's the the intensity of, like, training. Mm. But that's why that's why I love it. And that's why, like, um, with anything I do, I like to put the, the intensity up. Mm. Like, I don't like to run and, like... Just dawdle along. I like to put the intensity up because that's 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 when it's fun. Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll give you one little thing. I will elaborate elaborate on with swimming. Our our um, footy clubs, like we'd be in the middle of preseason and everyone would train real hard. And sort of at the back end of preseason, towards you know the end of it before the first game, we'd start not tapering off. Like you know you're still working hard, but it's kind of like okay, it's kind of like fight week. Yeah. Two weeks out from an MMA fight, they taper off and they start doing yeah, not like sparring, a l- little bit lighter. Yeah. So we would, leading into the first round, we would back off from the running a bit, give your legs a little bit of a rest, and we would go to the pools once a week. So you'd have yeah. one hard session, and then the second or the third session, we'd go to um, the pools and you'd swim. And even though by that stage I was starting to get like very fit, I would go to the pools, man, swim like 150 meters and be 
fucked. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's a different fitness altogether. So the funny thing about that, like people say it's a different fitness. It is. It is. Don't get me wrong. But there, there's a reason why it's a different fitness. So one of the things that, and this is again why, this is why I love John's teaching style because it's technical. Mm-hmm. Swimming, when I was younger, I didn't get the right, techniques drilled into me so you know when John's teaching Jiu Jitsu mm-hmm. and he's talking about passing the guard there's the little details where to put your elbow where to put your hand where to put don't do this don't do that when I was swimming it was more like high level you do this and you do that yeah it wasn't the breaking it down the layers of it yeah like the layers of a cake so I was swimming really inefficiently with yes. not, not great techniques so I had that in my swimming that's what mm-hmm. cost me yeah right? because I would be I might be fitter, faster, and better than those swimmers, but mm. my technique's not as good. Yeah. And so that's where, when you swim, it's not that you're you don't have the fitness to be a swimmer. Mm. It's that you don't have the technique to do it very well. Yeah. So I was teaching one of my work colleagues who helped me when I first started because I was only a graduate, and I helped him learn how to swim basically. Mm. And when he started, he couldn't swim one lap, and I taught drilled technique into him. I said, "We're not doing any hard training. We're just doing technique." Yeah. And within now, he can swim up and down. Like I'm confident he can swim up and down all day mm. because he learned the, the core fundamentals of swimming. Yeah. Same as jiu-jitsu. Once you learn those core fundamentals, mm. you're fine. Yeah. So you're, it's not that you're not fit enough to swim. Anyone's fit enough to swim. Mm. It's that you don't have the, the technique to swim efficiently. You're, you're doing so much wasted movement. Yeah, I know what you mean. Which, yeah. is, which is what would probably... Yeah, that probably... And that's what makes you... Because your muscles need the oxygen, you're throwing your arms all over the place. There's no efficiency. Burning them out because so like if you spent say say we went to the pool every day for a week and I taught you how to do it properly, you'd find yourself swimming up and down so much easier Mm. because you you have that understanding. Yeah, that's why I laugh when I hear people say like I'm not I'm not swimming fit, and like (laughs) in my head I'm like it's not about that. Like it's definitely not about that. It's technique. It's technique, and I learned that I learned that more when I started coaching. Yeah. and when I was doing it, when I started coaching, I just realized how much it's about the technique. Yeah. I was the same when I, in the, like you said, you touched on the training that I was doing with, uh, so the coaching I was doing when John was away, some of the yeah. other guys in the gym as well. Um, you really, when you're coaching, you really want to convey it on a technical level. Yeah. And I think, and I, I mean, I was more aware of that because of obviously how John teaches. So you want to try and give back like that. Yeah, which which you know when two when one person teaches two people learn. Yeah, like I was exactly. I was getting so much out of it as well. I think that's a way one way to take your game to a ne- to the next level. Yeah, is to teach at some point. That's what I was saying to you before before we started was when I taught. I I wish I could be ten year old me again in the pool, and so it really frustrated me as like a little bit at the start when like some of the kids they don't quite listen mm. and they don't and you're like just. You almost want to say to them, just please listen. This is going to help you so much. Like when you you're going to really enjoy having this when you're older mm. and you're trying to say you, your goal is to be an Olympian. It's going to help you so much. And like I, that's where teaching to me is the best way to learn something. It's or hard to drill the knowledge in your head. It's hard to it's hard to unlearn bad habits. Exactly. And I've actually talked um, to John's talked about this with me before, and he was saying that it's. He finds it easier to teach jujitsu to someone who's never done it before than to someone who's been in another gym and trained for like a year or something. Yeah. 
I mean, but maybe in a year they already have like decent concepts and they sort of understand jujitsu. But maybe let's say, maybe let's say they've been training for six months. They're still like solid, like they're a white belt. They are a white belt at that stage. Yeah. But then you come into our gym. If you don't know anything, you're a blank canvas, and he can paint a picture for you. Exactly. If you come in at six months, you've already like got some pictures. You've on, got the. Yeah, you've already the canvas has information on it, and it's harder for him to 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 convey the details and the techniques in a way that he wants to do it. Yeah. When they already have a way that they kind of do do things. Because yeah, you have to be willing to. Except you're going to go backwards, you go forwards. Yeah. Like when you have something in one way, like if you're, say you're a blue belt or a purple belt somewhere else, you have to accept that when you come into Pedro, you might have to accept that, you know, you've got to go backwards a little bit when you come into under John or to go forwards. Yeah. It depends where you trained. Yeah. And the same thing with me with swimming. I couldn't go backwards. Like I was at that level where it was like, it's so hard to try and fix things at the same time as go forwards. Yeah. To get to it's to very hard it. to accept like you know, you come fourth at state and then it's like we need to fix your technique. You're gonna come like twentieth at state because you haven't drilled this enough yeah. to be good at it. And then you're gonna it's very hard psychologically to go, it's part of the process, it's part of the other. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I think we're that's why when I that's the whole reason why I wanted to coach is because if you can avoid that at all costs and get it right just get it start. right from the get go you are so far in front of mm. um everyone else and my my um girlfriend who was same level swimmer as me mm. um she you could tell she had the fun she had the fundamentals down pat like her technique everything was was spot on yeah yeah, it's that's the same thing in cricket as well. Like I played a lot of cricket, and people who don't like haven't been involved with cricket or don't know cricket probably just view it as like someone holding a black piece of wood and swinging yeah. at a ball. <clears throat> and a lot of it does come down to hand-eye coordination. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, hand-eye coordination. Um, it comes down to how good your eyes are, your reactions, yeah. like eyesight, so and reactions, and so like the ball releases out of the hand. Well, you're, you're even trying to pick up on what's happening. The yeah. way they hold the ball is going to determine what kind of delivery they're trying to bowl. But So you, you understand, when you understand cricket, you see all that stuff in what they're doing. But you're trying to – it comes out of their hand and you will instantly know where the ball's going to land. Yeah. And then you'll know whether – if it's going to go short – or if it's going to be full. If it's going to be full, you're on the front foot. If it's going to be short, you're on the back foot. Yeah. And you've got to build muscle memory. Like, you understand all that, but that's a part of it. But then there's also an aspect on, like, technique is everything. Oh, 100%. If you're, like if you're, if you're at, like, elbow high, front foot, foot forward, head over the over the ball, like, oh, there's so yeah. many things that you need to get right. And the, the difference between really high-level cricketers and people who quite don't quite make it is probably technique. Exactly. Yeah, if I... um. So I don't know about, much about cricket, but mm. if I said to you, say you were doing your technique and I said no, like bend over maybe an inch more in your shot mm. when you're batting, how long would that sort of take in terms of cricket to become natural? Uh, like would it, it set you back a long way? No, nah, not really. Not really. Like any sort it, of technique change where you hold the bat, whatever, would that sort of... Well, it's it's easier. It's definitely like... It's easier to learn things at a young age. Like everything yeah. is so much easier to learn. Like you, you know, if you start swimming young, you you get good. 
if you know, yes, theoretically, 100%. if you start AFL young, you'll get good. If you start, you know, like I mean, there's also you know, natural athleticism and stuff like that. Yeah, this always comes into it. Yeah, like there's some people that will just never be, can never really get to that level because they're just not as athletic. Well, yeah, or yeah. whatever. Genetics comes in at some point. Yeah, exactly. But cricket definitely. If you start earlier, if you start young. It's, it's easier to get good at. It's hard. Cricket is a really hard sport. Oh, yeah, I've tried. It's a really hard sport to get good at if you start at an older age. Like, it really is. I've played a lot of cricket, and people join a cricket team for the first time at 20 years old, and they obviously play in the bottom grade. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but they, they they struggle to get much improvement. Yeah. They really do. I've tried it, and, like, you're all right when the ball's coming slow, but when that when that ball starts coming faster, it's like wow. It, and it, people, a, people find it hard, like it's slow and it's bo- it's slow and it's boring. But when the ball's coming at you quickly and it's like a rock, man, it's hard. People get seriously intimidated by it. I've always the thing I love about cricket because, as I said, I like the technical parts of things. Mm. Now, especially now, because as I was saying, swimming, I wasn't the most technically gifted. I like spin bowling mm. because. When you watch it, you're just thinking, why doesn't he just predict where it's going to bounce and smack it? It's slow. Yeah. But there's so much that goes into it. Like, especially Shane Warne, when I used to see him, I used to be like, wow. Yeah, there's, well, we won't even go into that. I could touch no, on that. I know, I know. It's, it's so much harder than you think to face it when you're batting. That's what I mean. Someone, so. If they actually can turn the ball and get it to drift away from you and then spin back into you, or they'll, they'll have the same release, but a slight adjustment with their hand will mean that it's going to turn the other way. Yeah, there's so many. So many we'll get away from that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. So how? So at what point you said you were interested in jujitsu? Tell me about how you first thought. Right, that's it. I'm going to do it. Did you go anywhere else? Did you come straight to our gym? Like, how did you find the gym? Like, just paint that picture for me. Well, I think like most people, I was a UFC fan, MMA fan, mm-hmm. and that's where I first got into jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, me as well. Because I don't know if you've heard this term before, but most people some reason that don't know much about MMA, they always call it pajama wrestling, stuff like that. <laughs> people stop, people or, they, think. or they refer to MMA as UFC. Yeah. They think UFC is the sport, but really it's mixed martial arts is a sport. UFC is the promotion. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was first looking around, I was genuinely, I was looking for no gi yeah, to okay. start because I thought, Wear a gi. I don't like, want to wear pajamas. Like my dad's from two school. We didn't. We there's a uniform, but it's it's a very, like it's not a, a gi, right? Mm. So when I was wearing, I was thought to myself. But then when I came to John's school, I never tried anyone's school. John was the first school I tried. How did you find? My it? coworker does jujitsu, and he said, and he's like, he's like, oh, I'm gonna check out this gym. Do you want to come? And then I just came. Okay. Um, do you know Chris? He came with me a few times. Uh, you probably never met him, but he came to John's class a few times. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I just came in. I did one class with John, and as with most people, you just keep going from there. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's like it. You just like, that's it. but as I said, I fell in love with the, I was looking for technical. Yeah. Not just jump straight into rolling and, mm. you know, work it out as you go. Um. Yeah, so you've, I've actually, you've been really um, impressive from the outset, like, and honestly, and and not, but not from an athletic perspective, because you have a lot of people come in that are strong and athletic, and they use that, and that is one sure way to, like, you've touched on this, and you probably got this from swimming, where you were saying that you were 
using natural athleticism to help to help you progress, but it became got to a point where the the lack of technical skill helped you get really further ahead. But you came in and obviously probably learned from that in hindsight. Yeah. So you came into jiu-jitsu instead of forcing your athleticism. I remember the first six months, you didn't really use it at all. No, so that that is my – that's my battle. My mm. battle is against my own athleticism because just using athleticism in jiu-jitsu doesn't get you no. anywhere, right? So – and that's why I keep bringing up the point like I was looking for something technical mm. because like I really wanted to like find something that was going to challenge me in terms of I can't use my athleticism – like I can, mm. but in terms of jiu-jitsu, the first probably month, I was relying on that. Like, yeah. I was. It was genuinely like, I'm just going to push your guard open. Yeah. Like, I will break your guard with my strength and just pass over the top. But you roll with someone like um, an Oscar, mm. that's not going to work. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, So that's why that, that now you've seen me literally become a sort of a blank canvas in terms of just trying to learn the technique. And I'm never, ever trying to force something as much anymore Mm -hmm. and use my athleticism. I'm trying to understand, like, the... The concepts, the the details, and that's why find the leverage, all that stuff. That's why I'm so in love with it. Yeah. If you... you, That's the thing. For anyone who's new to jiu-jitsu, if they... Because there are still people in our gym that have resisted that. And they're still using, like, strength and... Um, like that sort of, you know, forcing things. They haven't accepted the fact that to go forwards, they need to go backwards. Yes. So they're, they're still relying on the strength and stuff, but that will only get you so far. Yeah. If you can like let it go and do it, you've, you've had the best approach to learning jiu-jitsu, especially for someone who's naturally built the way you're built. Yeah. That's you, why you've been able to let go of that, like, not, I wouldn't say ego, maybe, maybe, but you've let go, accepted jiu-jitsu is what it is and learned the right way and now it's paying massive dividends because now that you know what you're doing, you're able to do it technically but also now implement your athleticism into that. Yeah. Which is gonna be the best way for you to shoot to the stars and get, you know, yeah. learn from I think stuff. it's that I started jujitsu with the right mindset. Mm. I and mean, you gotta start with the right mindset. Like you'll be real you gotta accept to be like Happy to be humbled because I don't know. I find jujitsu. I think Joe Rogan said that like it humbles you when mm. you do it because it is like you look at me and you look at remember Tetsu, right? Mm. You look at him and like when you're when we roll, like you just think, oh, I'm gonna it's gonna be easy. Yeah. But he just like he. I used to love rolling with him because it was because it's it was, not. It was insane. He opened my mind up to that whole like drop the athleticism and learn the crafty technique because, like, he's, like, he was, like, a wizard. Yeah, man. Like, I'd be, like, on top of him and I'm, like, 86 kilos and he's, what, 50-something. I'm, like, yes. And then all of a sudden I'd be, like, have my back take. <laughs> Jiu-jitsu works. And, and, yeah, so I think if you start with – and that's why I try and say to the new people that start now. Mm. I, like, I always say, like, look, I'm only a four-stripe white belt, but, like, the difference – yeah, man, it's, it's amazing massive, it's a from the difference. from the first from the when you first get your first strike to now, mm. like the knowledge and the way you approach it is so 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 different. Mm-hmm. I always say to them, just like the first month, don't focus on getting someone attacked because it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, just focus on a defending yourself, being able to get out of certain situations, and most importantly, use the techniques you've learned. 
Mm. Don't use something that you've just come up with. Yeah, so that don't come up with your own technique, and because it, it might work two times, but yeah. you're gonna come up with someone like an Oscar, a Brad, a Maddie, and it's not gonna work. Yeah, it's just not because I came up with my own in the first month. I came up with a few of my own techniques, and they didn't work. Well, the, the, <laughs> the interesting thing there is, someone new comes in, right, and and I and I see this all the time. Like we'll do um, drilling where we'll. John will demonstrate the technique, give us the details, and then we all get to go away into our pairs and I'll be with someone new and we'll work on the technique and I'll do my best to help them, you know, learn it and understand yeah. and use and, and, and get the details. I, like I'll do my best to show them and help them. And then John calls us back in usually, which is yeah. that this is the best way to do it. He shows you the concept and the technique, then we go away and do it. And then we come back in and then he helps refine it by adding yeah, the more details. details. He yeah. doesn't give you too much initially. Yes. Because there's too many things to do. He wants to get you to, to, to figure out the concept and then add the flavor. Yeah, it was like the, the other day, the, the Kimura, right? Exactly. If you do that whole transition from bottom to top to getting on your side, if you just do that like that once, you're mm. not going to get it. But the way he breaks it down, you, and you get do it. that, you do one bit, another bit, and then you just get the whole exactly. process of it. Yeah. Exactly. So you learn, yeah, you learn the process. And so I'll, I'll work with someone on that. And then, and, and I'm not, and it's no one in particular, man. This is like everyone that's new. Everyone. Everyone, everyone that's new. Even everyone goes through the same. Yeah. Um, yeah, they do. And so <laughs> you'll do it and I'll do it with the new like white belt. And then, and it's like, great. Oh yeah. They started, they're like, you know, they're, they're doing the right things. And then he's like, okay, now we're going to add resistance. We're going to do a five minute roll. Yeah. And the second you slap hands and punch, it's like, they forget everything and they just fight. <laughs> and that, that, that right there. And they make shit up. That was my problem when I first started. Because when you go, all right, five minutes on the clock, go. Athleticism, Aaron, comes out. <laughs> and that's what used, that's what used to happen uh, at the start. Like, I used to just, the first month, it was just like the competition, the athleticism, let's go. Like, I know I'm fitter than you. I'm going for it. Like, yeah. that sort of mentality. And you drop that. After I, th- I think after about the first month, you drop that away, yeah. and then you you start that learning process. Exactly. So for me, I think the first month was almost like. And then you really get progress. I reckon I like, yeah. The first month is just getting that your bearings, mm. and then from there, like I, I can't believe like the other day it was a year. I can't believe how different my my rolling is now. Like, mm. if we do a five minute roll. And I roll against a one strike, right, four strike, whatever, whatever you want to say that is. But level wise, I don't mind if I don't get a tap or whatever. But when you do that first month, it's almost like you're searching for it. Yeah, it's you're, like, looking, you're looking for it. It's like, and then, you know, you're so happy when you get it. But now I just really enjoy specifically working on what we've worked on in class. Like mm-hmm. if we worked on back, like I, and I get a arm bar from side control, like, I don't really get much pleasure out of that I, mm. at the time. I really like to work on what we've practiced in class. Yeah. And that's the difference to me between the, when you start and the, where you are now. It's it's at every level as well. And and I can say this in hindsight because as a as a white belt, um, like you'll search like you'll search for submissions, but really, really what ultimately will get you submissions yeah. is your um, your control. Yes, getting control exactly. and, and finding a way to isolate a limb or, or or isolate their limb so that you can attack a neck. That's what gets the submissions. Because if you 
as a white belt, for example, you're probably like early on, you're probably not going to get submissions on people. But if your focus is to to understand the concept of, let's say, back, mm-hmm. if you if you actually focus on really trying to learn the control, yeah, if you get good at controlling, eventually over time, having really good control will create the opportunity to get the submission. Yeah. If you're just looking for the submission, you won't find it. But if you focus on the control, then the submission will present itself. Yeah. And I've and it's and this and it's the same thing at like say white belt level, you work on that with white belts. And when you roll with blue belts, you'll find that you're probably not getting the control on them. They're probably getting the control on you. Exactly. And your focus is to survive. Yeah. So if you do it like that, you focus on surviving with someone who's better than you. You just survive. Yeah. And someone that you might be better than, you, you, you've control. Yeah. And I'm at the same point. Like a white belt who, let's say, I'm more experienced than, they'll roll with me and I'll be controlling and they'll be mm-hmm. surviving. But yeah. then when I roll with Oscar or Maddie or John or like heaps, even other blue belts in the gym, it depends on the circumstance. Like Danny jumps on my back and I'm like, fuck's sake, get off my yeah. back. <laughs> and I'm... And I'm in that scenario. I'm the person who's trying to survive, and he's the person who's trying to control. Yeah. So it's it's at, it's at every level. John John's the same. Yeah. He's 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 controlling. If he rolls with someone better than him, he's surviving. Yeah. It's that. Yeah. It's never ending. That's that's what changed my jujitsu, probably in the last six months. Is that control? Mm. Like I used to, um, and. Shout out to Oscar. He's yeah. the one that taught me the control thing. I used to like, I knew I could get an armbar and I'd get to the position and I would go for it, miss it, and then I'd just be like frantically moving to the next move or whatever. Mm. It was what, what he was saying. He's like, you've got the position. You've mm. got the dominant position. Like sit there, take the position and work from there. Yeah. Rather than get the position and if you're in the – say you're in side control and, you know, the Americanas there, all those things mm. are there, don't just like that's what I must do from here and mm. just shoot for the submission. So get the control and make the other person – sort of the smoke and mirrors, you're saying. Make yeah. them give something up. Yeah. What I was going to – yeah. What I was going to say to you is – and that was the, the reference I was going to say. Working yeah. with Oscar has helped your game evolve a lot. And it's okay to be very good in side control and – be good at the armbar yeah. setups from there, um, but what you can do, what you can do over time is build a game around that, mm-hmm. right? And and it's not always going to be that you're going to get control and you're going to look for the arm and get the armbar yeah. because as soon as people get better, it, like it's people that you roll with that they're good, you're not going to just attack the armbar and get the arm. You're going to need to. You know, it might be your second or third submission. You string, yeah. When you string submissions together, that's when you get finishes yeah. against better people. Yeah. So what you what you can build a game around is that that control from side mm-hmm. control and that armbar is like your gold dust that you want. Yeah. But you can you can find that against people that you can't get it against. Yeah. Like we've rolled and you've been you've hunted for it and couldn't yeah. get it. But if you were instead of looking specifically for that. If you if you started to like just attach like a, other submissions in that area, yeah, you attach them there. So you know when I've got this side control position, there's four or five submissions I can look for. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look for the Americana or the Kimura, and he's going to Brad's going to defend that. Yeah. And I'm not going to get it, but I'm going to transition to the armbar. Yeah. Then I'll get the armbar. That, yeah. That's that's exactly. So I had probably a month straight of uh, 
successful arm barring. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, like, in classes, people, when we did side control, people used to be like, how, like other white belts, how do, you, how do you get out of Aaron side control? Mm. And then people became very good at it. And they were saying to Oscar, I was like, all right, the arm bar's not working anymore. It is working. It, it is working. It is. You just got to add to it. But people know it's there. Exactly. And what, yeah, what he said, he goes, yeah, but you need chokes. You need other things. Like, he said, you can't just have... So then now it's sort of evolved into working on other things. But yeah, I get what you're saying. I know, I didn't have the... It was just everyone knew what I was doing. Yeah, well, I can reference this and shout out to Johnny because I knew I was going to talk to you about this. Yeah. And I so I asked him a question. Um, in the... Uh, where is it? Sorry, I'm just, I just want to make sure I get this right. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, okay. So in 2009 and I think 2011, Roger Gracie at the, I think it's Mundials or Mundials. So there's a competition, a jiu-jitsu competition, and Roger Gracie submitted every single person he yeah, fought with a cross-collar yeah. choke. Every single person. Everyone. Yeah. And that's not because he was getting control and just cross-collar choke and looking for just that. He would, I mean, if they didn't know jiu-jitsu, he would just probably get it. Yeah. But if they, the people that might have known, he would have, smoke and mirrors set them up with yeah. other things, other things, they defend that, bang, then he snatches it up and gets it. Yeah. And that's the trick. Yeah. The trick, yeah. And and to also, Matty, Matt, uh, Matt Vodgerson, we've talked about this, I think, on our podcast, give everyone, ev- give everyone everything you know so that they give it back yeah. to you. So, for example, you teach what you know, so that they'll like, you know, they def- start defending your armbar, yeah. and them defending your armbar means that you need to find other ways to get it. Exactly. Yeah. So you learn, so you improve, and we're everyone in the gym. We all work together to get better because exactly. we're all doing that. Yeah, that that that's why um, that's why I think that the environment that we're in, where everyone's so helpful, mm. it just takes our game to the next level because mm-hmm. everyone's trained the same so everyone's got such good fundamentals so you know when you get a certain position and a certain submission on someone like you've really drilled that well because that person is well drilled in the defences mm-hmm. because everyone is helping each other and John's so technical mm. and that's the main thing I like about the gym and in general is you know you're giving back to each other so everyone's got that same knowledge so you're just building this like empire of good technique good jiu-jitsu and everyone in that gym i can i would confidently say has good foundation level mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu like i mean like even now we're like full shot you, you'll see someone come in now and they're fresh mm-hmm. and i've got a bit of experience now mm-hmm. like not, not Dude, one one year of jiu-jitsu someone who starts jiu-jitsu and they're really new and they yeah. know nothing you can basically view them as a civilian that's never done it before yeah, and if you've got four stripes on a white belt, like you have enough foundations that you would be able to yeah. defend yourself against most people. But it's so cool seeing like someone like comes in now when I like what start at a white belt, and mm-hmm. when they get their first stripe, and when I'm rolling with them, and just see how good they are, mm-hmm. like compared to when they started, it's just I don't know. I find that so cool because I know that I just went through that as well. Yeah, and I, I, I think feel that, the same way. That's man. why when John says. The white belt's the most important belt. I think that's so true. Because mm. like now when you learn things, you have the foundation. But back when they start, they don't have that. And it's just, I, I think it's good. It's cool. And I really like teaching people. Like I, when I come into class, I like finding the, the new people and helping them. Because I find I just drill it in my head more. Mm. And then when you see them get better, I don't know, it's just... 
good feeling, I reckon. It is, for <laughs> sure, for sure. Um, tell me, so you, you were talking about how you with, like thrived on competition through you know, yeah. swimming and everything like that. How early on in jiu-jitsu did you know you wanted to compete? And um, did you have any reservations about it? And, and also tell me when you did compete, like just talk me through the experience. Well, I, I wanted to compete straight away. Like, <laughs> I knew, but I also, I also knew, I also knew that, um, I didn't want to have like compete with no sort of technical or no technique or anything because that's when, you know, injuries and stuff mm-hmm. can happen. So I waited and then I just, uh, dived in, into it. Grappling Industries in July, I think it was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I just was like, all right, I'm doing it. Yeah. I, I did make a mistake, though, of probably because I needed to make a certain weight class, mm-hmm. and that weight class happened to be about four, five kilos less than what I, what I was. Yeah. So in about a week, I dropped that weight, and I didn't have much fat or anything on me anyway, so like I did it by not eating much. Yeah. So by the time I got to the day, I was screwed. Uh, like had not much energy. I was yeah. doing workouts during that week to to lose the weight to sweat. To lose out, the yeah. weight. So that morning I woke up and I didn't have any energy. And like my something that works always for me is my cardio, mm. and I knew that wasn't going to be there. But it sort of made it more exciting because mm. I knew I'd have to be more technical. And uh, so do you want me to go into the actual comp? Yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. I want to know the experience. So, like, the first, I cannot tell you, like, the first fight went, like, I wasn't, ner- like, I was a bit nervous, but, like, normal nerves, but, like, I didn't care. It wasn't, to be honest, I didn't have any nerves. Like, mm-hmm. in terms of, compared to swimming nerves, there was nothing. It's because you didn't have, the, your weight of expectation wasn't the same. Yes, I've, I've competed at a higher level than something else. Yeah. So, this is grappling like, industries. I was exactly the same, man. I, I In all my fights, I've been... I haven't been nervous and I've been almost a little bit too comfortable and it's not, and it's not, um, you know, I'm, I'm so confident in my jujitsu that I'm just like, this is comfortable. It's not that. It's just that I don't have the same expectations yeah. on myself to, to perform well in jujitsu as what I do. I have previously in, yeah. cr- in cricket and footy, especially. You have that expectation. Yeah. yeah. But in the only nerves I had was number one, I'd never done it before. And two, at the end of the day, it's a fight. It's like, you, it's not a fight, but, at the end of the day, you're arm barring. You're, there's a high chance for injury compared mm. to other sports. So that was the only sort of nerves. And before I competed, some girl on the mat just ahead of me, like literally smacked, like her shoulder was not in the right spot. I remember, I remember, I remember. And, and you just eight. got, you got arm barred and your arm was hurting. I was like, well, this is good. <laughs> this is right before my first fight. But like the first fight, like it literally went to plan to what I had been practicing with Oscar, like the, the side control, the armbar. Yeah. Everything like went to plan. I got the exact takedown I wanted. Yeah. Um, I wanted him to be aggressive and then I'd take him down. Yeah. I got the side control. And then it was funny in side control because I was sitting there and everyone was yelling at me. The armbar's there, the mount's there, the armbar's there. And in my head, I'm just thinking like, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And like... I was just sitting there and then eventually I swung around and took the arm. Yeah. And the only reason I was being really patient with it. Yeah. Because I didn't want to lose the position back to that control. Yeah. I had control. Yeah. The only reason I swung around so quick and took the arm bar was the ref kept saying I was stalling. Yeah. I was like, screw it. And I just went. But so that fight literally went like to script. 
and then from there on, it got a little bit rockier. Yeah. But they're the fights that they're the fights that I enjoyed because one of them I was stuck in, the, we literally in guard for like four minutes and forty five seconds, like I couldn't break his guard and he couldn't break mine, and then that's when I learned a lot about. My weaknesses. Yeah. And my weakness yeah. is guard and in guard. Mm-hmm. And I knew it straight from there. Because the next fight, I got triangled. And I didn't get triangled because he's better at jiu-jitsu than me. I got triangled because my passing was using my athleticism. I literally just tried to throw his leg over. Yeah. And I ended up getting triangled. And it wasn't a deep triangle. He sort of got my arm towards the end and then sort of a half triangle, half arm bar. Yeah. Like, I had to tap. But... It just taught me, and then the last fight, the guy was better than me. Mm. But it taught me so much about my weaknesses. Mm. And that's why I'd, I'd advise everyone to compete if they want, because it just taught me so much about where my weaknesses were. Because when I went back to the gym, it was just like, guard, 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 guard. I need to practice my guard. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it is a, it's a good way to, to learn very quickly, Yeah, like you said, where your weaknesses are. It really is, because it'll get presented to you in a way that, like, you go, okay, I can't shy away from this anymore. Yeah. Um, and and the other side of it is we roll with each other so so often in the gym that you're comfortable. And I, like, you know, in certain positions, you know what people's tricks are. You know yeah. what people are looking for. Like, you get the hang of people's games. Whether you, like, openly sit down and can break their game down, maybe not. But you but you know where their where they're real where – where their good positions are. Yeah. Um, in, a, in a competition, you have no idea. No, exactly. What that other person wants like, to do or is trying to do to you. Yeah. You don't know. It's, it's and like, then they do it and you're like, okay, well, you know, I wasn't prepared for that. That um that armbar that guy got on you in that comp, mm. watching that, like, no one thought he was going to do that. I, we, he submitted everyone. He, he won gold. <laughs> he won gold and submitted everyone that he rolled with. And I, he didn't get me until like the last thirty seconds, yes. and that's why we were on, we were on nil nil. I think yeah. there was no points. You were so good at like defending everything. Mm. I think you had watching a lot of the blue belts. You and Brendan, your defense compared to everyone else was so good. Mm. And then he threw some. It was like some he, crazy he, technique that like I didn't was, see coming. He was on my. Um, I think he was like near my on the outside of my knee, kind of like trying to pass to side control, and I thought he was gonna, you know, ride his knee along my knee and then like knee ride. So you know, like you know that yeah, standard yeah. pass. But he from there he almost jumped across my body, caught my far arm, the furthest arm away from him, and while he had it, he spun into the armbar, and it was so, so. Um, unexpected even for me that it was so unexpected for me that I didn't tap in time I know and like, that's how I got hurt and I mean I tapped quickly when he hit the ground and it was on it was immediately on but like yeah but was, I also don't know like depends like, he's did he have any sharps on his belt? He was a... He seemed to me a very high-level blue belt. No, no, no. He would, look, look, in all my roles, even though it took him four and a half minutes to get me and I submit uh, and I uh, defended several attempts yeah. of him to try and submit me, I think, and I even tried, I think I tried a guillotine on him as well. Yeah. In all my roles, in hindsight, I, I, I felt like my jiu-jitsu was better than right. the other three people, the other two people before him. I, yeah. I knew my jiu-jitsu was better. I just didn't have the right intent on on really enforcing my game on them. I was just kind of playing with, oh, let's just go where things go. 
Do you, did you feel instead of trying to enforce myself on them and and and, and make them come into the game that I want to play? Yeah. I didn't do that enough, but I, I, I the, you when you roll with people, you 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 know, like you know whether you're even if you submit them, you'll know whether your jujitsu or their jujitsu was better. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you 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 know you know deep down you know, and I knew mine was better with the other two guys, and with that guy, I knew he was better. Yeah, and he he competes like every competition. I think he's from Brazil. And, he, and I um, stalked his Instagram page after he talking <laughs> because we we were talking as well after the after the. Oh, fight. he seemed like a nice guy. No, he was a nice dude. And I looked at his Instagram page, and he like won a bunch of competitions and was competing regularly. And it was just like what he did, whereas I was kind of like showed up and that's the like crack at it. But so he was better, and like that's yeah. that's cool. But still, to last four and a half minutes was all, all good. Yeah, I was that's, happy with that. That's the other thing I don't know about you that was a little bit confusing was. I got caught. This one of the matches I was saying I got stuck in guard. Mm. Yes, my technique guard passing wasn't that great, but one of the reasons I feel I was stuck in guard is we were both petrified of sweeping or getting. He was. I was scared of him sweeping me getting three points, mm. and he was scared of me passing his guard and getting three points. So it was almost like we were stuck there. Yeah. Because I didn't. I didn't get the point system at all. My plan was to go in there. And do what I know, and like if I get the points, I get the points. Uh, yeah, I, that's my approach too. Because I thought just, my game, our game in the gym is not built around points, and it's not built around competition. So there's no point me devising some plan to go in there and get three points here, three points here. Yeah. I just figured I'm going to go in there, and the first fight went to plan, and from there I thought to myself, I've got this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you're like it just literally went exactly the way it does in the gym, and I thought I got this, and then the next fight. I very quickly realized I ain't got this. <laughs> and the time, the five minutes, that also threw me off. Yeah. Because I've never ha- been like, you have five minutes to tap this guy. Yeah. Like in the gym, it's always just like, John just like, you just go. Like sometimes we'll say marathon roll and it'll go for like 10 minutes. But it's never like, oh, I've got the remote turning on the timer. Here you go. You've got five minutes. Yeah. Tap the person or... There's three points. On the on the um, point system thing, I didn't even worry about points at all too. And in hindsight, I lost one of my fights on points on a guy that I like felt like I dominated the whole way. And he just beat me on points. And it like there was a I, I know there was a position, a situation where I passed his guard and had side control, but I moved from side control straight into knee ride, and then from knee ride I switched sides and then he tried to um, underhook me and I tried to die and when he did I dived on the guillotine, which he escaped from. But, but he didn't take this. But seconds. what I could have done was yeah, I was just moving through like we didn't solidify, what it did, was yeah, solidify, yeah. consolidate and get the points. What I could have done was pass the guard, got the points at side control, climbed onto knee ride, taken mount, got the points at mount. And then, like, that's the, I've won the fight from there. I would have had the points and won on points, but I was moving through positions looking for the submission. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, in that match that I said I was stuck in the guy's guard, when there was, like, 30 seconds to go, we were, like, bulls in a china shop. We were going <laughs> for everything. He got up, and I knew it was my chance because he was, he was taller and had long legs. And uh, I technically had trained for that with Danny in the gym. So yeah. I, I knew what it takes to, like... Roll with someone with long legs. Yeah. And if you watch the video, I pass him with probably about three seconds to go. I remember, yeah. And the ref didn't give me the points. Didn't give you the points, yeah. But then he also, like, 
he didn't give me the ref's decision and he gave the other guy the decision, which I found kind of weird because the only thing that happened in that match, the only thing, mm. was me passing his gun. Yeah. That's the, that's the only thing that happened. Nothing else happened. Yeah. So, but I learned a lot from that in terms of the, the whole, you know, if, to me, if you're going to compete, you do need to understand points and how it works. I don't think you can just walk in yeah. <laughs> with no understanding. Well, to, to, to get the most out of it. If you want to win. For, yeah, to, get, to win and get the most out of it, That's you certainly need to know the rules and the game and, and where, where you get the points Especially, and how you get them. Uh, let, me, let me ask you something. Do you have any advice, after having just done yours not too long ago, any advice for new white belts that haven't competed yet? Any Whether it's, I mean, obviously, yeah, go ahead and give it a go, but advice on um, what to expect. Well, the first thing I would say is expect it to be a lot rougher. Mm-hmm. It is not the same as the gym. Don't, don't like you. You have to accept that when you go into a comp, you are both trying to literally armbar or choke each other. Yes, you're not doing it to injure the person, but mm-hmm. like, it's it's just you're now actually competing. Whereas in the gym, we're really not. So I suppose the first thing is accept that, mm-hmm. but also. I would say have a lot, have confidence in your game because that's what got me my win in the thing. It was just the confidence in knowing how well trained I am mm-hmm. and that what John has taught me works here. Yeah. Despite the points and stuff. Yeah. Yes, you should know the points. I'd say learn the points. But the main thing I'd say is trust what you know. Yeah. Because your, like the armbar I did from side control and everything, that is all taught from John mm-hmm. and Oscar, whatever. Like, just trust what you've learned. Yeah. And use what you've learned. Don't try and come up with a flying armbar in the competition. Like, yeah. Trust what you've learned. It'll work. Yeah. If you if you've learned it and you know how to do it, do that. Yeah. Because you'll have far more success than you will like using watching a YouTube video of fights the night before. Because I did that. I watched like the week before, like probably every possible white belt fight on jujitsu <laughs> online. And then I realized to myself, I'm just going to do, like the day before I realized, I'm just going to do what I've been taught. Yeah. And that's to me, is what's going to help you. It's just. And one it. of the, the differences, um, you said um, uh, it's slightly different in the gym. The difference, yeah. the, the difference is, like, for example, you get an armbar in the gym, like you're going to tap because it's on, but no one is going to force you to tap. And when exactly. I say when I say force, I mean they're not going to m- extend it to the point where you physically have to tap. Yeah. They're going to get the position and extend it. So like, yeah, I can feel it's on and they know it's there, but they're not going to thrust their hips through it and physically force exactly. you to tap. Yeah. In a competition, that's exactly what they're going to do to you. They want the win. They don't like give yeah. a fuck about your arm. They'll tear it off if they have to do it to get the win, to get the tap. I just like... I, so, I, so, so keep your elbows in. Yeah, I would say like think about something you really, really want in life. And that, like, you would do, you would stop at nothing to get, and just think about someone really, really wanting an armbar. That's exactly what it's like. They will hold that armbar until you tap out. Yeah. So, if they're gonna, if so, if you don't know that before you go in, you're probably gonna be in for a rude shot. But at the same time, don't be scared. Yeah. Because if you if you've learned off John, you know how to keep yourself safe. And one thing, yeah, what exactly the one thing off John, win, lose, or draw. In uh, maybe not so much at a white because my first comp I was a white belt and I was like three months in, so I, I didn't really have the fundamentals. I was just kind of like, hey, I'll go down for fun because there was a bunch of other people competing, a few of us white belts. We all went down, so my expectations weren't really 
It's just like whatever happens, happens. As long as I don't get hurt, I don't care. Exactly. That's like what it was, really. Um, in the second competition as a blue belt, I just wanted to know, like win, lose or draw, I wanted to feel that what, what the jiu-jitsu I have, I want to feel that it still works and I want to feel safe and be able to defend myself against people that are like at my level, yeah. that I don't know and I've never rolled with. Mm-hmm. And I never really felt like, like I left the competition, I didn't, didn't get the results that I wanted, but I knew that like, okay, what I'm doing is working. I'm learning in the right way. I'm learning the right techniques. Yeah. My fundamentals are good. I'm, I'm learning in the right place at yeah. our gym. And that, like, win, lose, or draw, like, you, you'll know, you know whether it, whether you're at the right yeah. level, you, whether you're at the right level. And yeah, I walked yeah. out of there knowing that I was. Yeah, yeah you, I, like, the quote I like is you win or you learn, right? Mm. Like, I find, like, to me, I learn a lot more. I watched the match I won. Probably once or twice because you know, you're proud of Come on now, don't lie. No, to me, I genuinely, <laughs> other than like, okay, <laughs> maybe you watch it every day for no, a no, week. No, no, no. <laughs> so the day you win, the day after you watch it, right, because you're excited, you won. I was yeah. excited. But then after that, I started thinking more and more and more and more about how I lost. And I would say, like, celebrate your win. Like, I did. Like, I the, the first few days after, I was watching it. Of course, you're yeah. excited. But, like, definitely you learn a lot when you lose. And, and it's not one of those things, don't go, oh, my jiu-jitsu doesn't work. Just accept where you've gone wrong. So in the comp, definitely when you when you do it and you lose and something doesn't go to plan, take that back to the gym yeah. and ask people like an Oscar, a Brad, a Maddie, whoever it is, ask them about it because you guys have, you guys have seen it. So mm. you can definitely learn and fix that hole. Yeah. And I think the comp exposes the holes. That's me, the thing, yeah. It exposes the holes so much more. Like, it exposed my guard passing. Like, no, but you walk out of it with something to work on. Yes. And, you and, know, then, and then you become driven. Like, I was, like, obsessed with, like, fixing my you, you're guard passing. You can, let's say you compete again in six months' time and, you, you know, you want to you go into that competition obviously wanting to win but also wanting to, to, to tick that box and say, okay, my, my guard passing is working now. Yes. Like, my open guard passing went probably from a... Say, say like a 10 is perfect it went from no no one's perfect it went from a 0.5 to at least a 2 yeah <laughs> two, like 10's like you know really high level but at least went to that level where I can pass people open guard before I was just getting leg locked and yeah swept you know, whatever now I, I know I can pass people's legs yeah okay um, we've been going for an hour and 15 <laughs> it goes quick eh? it goes fast <laughs> it does it does so um Tell me, we'll wrap, we'll wrap it up shortly, mm-hmm. um, and then we can just hang out. But tell me about, like, what do you what do you want out of jiu-jitsu, and how, how long do you want to do this for? Like, what do you want out of it? Oh, I'm definitely in it for the long haul. Yeah. I'll do it till I can't. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll always do it. Um, for me, it's not to, some people will be like, I want to be a black belt. For me, the goal is just to, I want to get to that level where I can see things coming a mile away. Yeah. I don't know about, like, when you roll with a John or whatever, mm-hmm. I really, really, really admire that. Or oh, Oscar, like, they can see what you're doing before you even move to do it. Yeah, of course. And that is my goal in Jiu-Jitsu, is to be able to get to that level of knowledge and understanding of Jiu-Jitsu mm-hmm. to, to the point where, and then hopefully where I can pass it down the line, you know, teach, whatever. Yeah. But I'm definitely in jiu-jitsu for the long haul. See, that's the thing. So what we'll say, I'll wrap this up and say, 
jujitsu for a lifetime. Yes. And and if you if you have the right approach, you focus on the techniques, you focus on staying safe, don't get stacked. You know, yes. d- don't do those things. Don't crank necks. Don't have your neck cranked. Stay safe. Do things in the right way. 100%. You'll stay on the mats for a lifetime. Yeah. And if you're on the mats for a lifetime, you will get a black belt mm-hmm. and you will keep learning and then you'll do this. Exactly. And you'll do it for 50 years. Mm-hmm. 100% the right method because I haven't had any you get niggling injuries, but, you get, but I haven't had any injuries yet. Mm. And that's because of that. Don't get stacked. Don't crank. Don't do any of that sort of stuff. So... Thank you very much, man. Thanks for having me on. Hope I was here. Yeah, you're good, Interesting. Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks very much, Aaron, the Ratwani Morelli. Hope you guys all enjoy it. And uh, tonight we have John's 30th birthday. Uh, we're going to the bank. I mean, obviously by the time this is released, that would have happened. But I want to say happy birthday, John. We all appreciate you, the time you put into us. Uh, in the gym, you, 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 know, you really are improving people's lives right building quality of life with gracie jiu-jitsu that's that's what's happening in our gym so shout out to you shout out to guys like phil grapsis pedro sour you know it's beautiful so yeah thank you mate thank you